Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and well, even those of you that are identifying as a can of grape soda tonight, we're here for you because we know that you've got problems. We, Ray, definitely have problems, as evidenced by our pre-show, if you were uh, privy to that. <laughs> very uh, much so. But pretty bit, very much so, absolutely. And if you'd like to join us on the pre-show, uh, you know, the best way to do that is go ahead and dive into us at www.patreon.com forward slash burn return. Uh, that's where you'll get access to our behind the scenes discord, lots of other cool benefits, things like that. But we'll talk more about that later tonight, ladies and gentlemen, no guest. Matt will be here, uh, in short order. He's taking care of a few things at home, but we do have Ray here. Ray, how are you? I'm good right now. Thank you for asking. (laughs) That's good. Now, uh, we waited until after 9 p.m. to do this call-in show because we did not want people to use up their anytime minutes. We wanted to have them use their night and weekend minutes to call us and tell us all about their problems. It's May. If you can't grow grass in May, especially cool season grass, well, uh, I don't think it's going to work out very well for you for the next 100 days. But, you know, (laughs) if you think that you might not be able to, give us a call. And if you're overly confident, well, you should probably call us, too, because we'll rough talk you and make sure that you understand that Mother Nature wins. The best way to get a hold of us right now, 304-804-7277. Even if your name's Justin Dawson, you need a friend tonight, you want to talk, we'll put on our white gloves, we'll give you a hug, and uh, you know whatever else happens is between two consenting adults. But Ray, uh, things here in cool <laughs> season country, spring flush, things are growing like uh, mm-hmm. fucking, oh, oh, what, what? Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Go ahead, cowboy. I forgot about that. <laughs> Caller, who are we speaking with? Hey, can you hear me? We got you. Hey, uh, my name is Jason. I'm that kid that calls in probably like twice a year. Um, I uh, I think Matt referenced me in the last episode of Aldo. He did. Um, yeah. How's it going, man? Yeah. Good. How are you, man? I couldn't be any better if I was you. So tell me, what's going on, Jason? What, what, how's your how, what, what's up down there? You're in uh, North Carolina, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, yeah, Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah, um, Wilmington. Okay. Everything's going pretty good. I uh, I just finished my first semester at Penn State uh, in the post program, so um, it's been a short little break. It's like a two week break, and um. Sign up. I signed up for summer classes, so um, it's like the same. But I have like a, I have a dire question. I've, I've tried to call the last couple times, all done like COVID, nothing's ever been COVID. I got a big issue with something called uh, brimstone. What are, how do I go about this? Um, I got two large properties that I can all in all together, it's about 25 pieces, um, commercial properties. Um, what okay. Is the, uh, what, what is the best, the best action to get? Okay. If you're talking about broomsedge, your only options are glyphosate on a wiper or a wick. Because mm. broomsedge is essentially tolerant to almost anything that you can apply to Bermuda grass or a cool season grass. So you've got to, yeah, you've got to set up like a, a wiper or 
if you're on foot, uh, that weed gets what I affectionately call the lethal hockey stick. Mm. Yeah, let me. Uh... Okay, and and that uh, because what you do in this case is you have the area mold low, right? And then yes, sir. you wait for the broom sedge and whatever other grassy weeds there are to stick up above the level of your desirable turf. And then you come along with the lethal hockey stick. And that lethal hockey stick is filled with a 33% solution of glyphosate. And you don't need to saturate the weeds with the solution. All it takes is a touch on the leaves. And two weeks later, whatever you touched with it is dead. Dead. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, uh, now, and that. I, <laughs> okay. I go ahead. Tell you, uh, it's spread out through almost the, the whole property. Almost every single mm-hmm. farm that we take care of. And, uh, Okay, if the broom sedge is still alive, green, and growing, and the Bermuda is dormant, then you may try a dormant application of glyphosate. I highly recommend that you add another herbicide to that called SureGuard. That's just a... Lumioxazin, yes, sir. And what that is, is that's just going to make the glyphosate just that much hotter. And it's also going to act as a pre-emergent against a lot of your weeds that are either actively growing in winter or likely to come up in spring because the carryover on flumioxazin applied in the winter even carries over into the spring and summer of the following year. I mean, flumioxazin is that good of a pre-emergent, actually. And it's a different so I, mode would, of action. Would I still okay, need to do my so, one pound of prodiamine after that? Or just leave it, leave it, leave it? You, you might be able to leave it. You might be able to leave okay. it because uh, the thing about flumioxazin is that that is a pre-emergent that's effective for at least six to eight months. It, it lasts a long time. All right. Now, Demay, this is this is the link you sent me, Demay. Yeah, I mean, this is a small one. They make them that go, you know, on the back of a four-wheeler. They make them that go out in front of a utility vehicle. But the idea mm-hmm. is, is that, like, just like Ray said, that you know the target weeds grow up higher and therefore you can do things like that this is a wiper um a weed wick kind of hangs down out in front and there's now a rope. this is yeah. this is demay's choice where you know remember demay likes spending other people's money this one's 51 dollars. evie sent mm-hmm. me this one for 26 bucks <laughs> that is just look at PVC that thing. look at the <laughs> with a this rope looks like this looks like some some kid's mom said, "You need to get rid of that bong," and he made a freaking weed wick out of it. So, but it's okay. Yeah. It's half the price almost. Well, uh, okay, listen, I, I provide options. Hey, hey, 
I EVs mean, and and yes, EV, EVs uh, are financial pro uh, here. So naturally, uh, EV's mind is on, on the money. And you know what? I can't say I haven't made my own out of nylon rope and a length of one-inch PVC pipe and some fittings. I can't say I haven't made my own because I had to do this long before these kind of products or, you know, tools were widely sold. And yet I knew I wanted to do a glyphosate over the top application and going over with a four inch house paintbrush in my hand or the paint roller wasn't cutting it ryan mm. so i had to think of something a little bit better and my experience with these weed wicks is that i used to use weed wicks when newly sprigged or plugged lawns got nutsedge back in the 1990s oh man no because the in the early 1990s, the only thing I had for nutsedge in a warm season lawn was cover your ears, everybody, a combination of MSMA and imazequin. Damn, son. And, <laughs> no, and you cannot do that to a recently sprigged or sodded warm season turf because you will fry the fuck out of the grass. It's too much for the grass to take until it's well-rooted. So my choice was to come with the hockey stick of death and pass over the nutsedge. And two weeks later, the nutsedge is all curled up in yellow and dead. <laughs> I believe it. Jason, it sounds like you got some work ahead of you here, partner. Uh... A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Well, I do have one more question. I uh, sure. I would love, I'd love to get on the episode of Things and Things and you guys. I have a wicked question. I'd love to ask. Absolutely, I man. That. You should. All right. So the best way to do that is go ahead and email our illustrious producer that doesn't have time to mute me because he's such a beautiful person, uh, John Pinkerton. <laughs> Uh, and his email is mail at thegrassfactor.tv. Again, mail at thegrassfactor.tv. If you send him a message, he will plug you in. I think right now we're pretty well booked through at least the end of June or right into the 4th of July holiday. So maybe sometime in July we'll get you on. And if you're not too busy and, uh, talk some turf, answer some questions and learn a little bit more about you. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be awesome. a great time. I promise, I promise, I'll be at the GIA. I, I gotta meet you. Guys. Oh, yeah. you better! Hey, uh, oh you better. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna send a, a an unmarked black van that's got the dynamite in there to muffle the screams and drive you there if you don't show up. So don't you don't write a check your ass can't cash. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not I'm not old enough to drink, so I'll, I'll drink some water with you guys. Do you guys? We'll, we'll get you a whole pitcher of water. Absolute pitcher of water, no problem at all. That's awesome. Jason, thanks yeah. for calling in tonight, man. It was good talking to you, and I hope to talk to you here uh, 
in just a few more weeks on Thirsty Thursday. All right, man? Yeah, sounds good. I'll send on you, man. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, man. Hey, look at that. Look at that, man. The young lad finishing his first semester at school. He's got the whole world in front of him. I I, I will say this, uh, Ray, and people that aren't Mm -hmm. in the business probably don't realize this, but, man, all right, I'll get to that point later. Call you live. Go ahead, cowboy. <laughs> caller, are you there? Turn down yep. your radio, caller. Who, who do we have How's the pleasure the of speaking with? Can you hear me? We got you now. Who do we have okay, the pleasure of speaking great. with? This is Steve from Long Island, New York. Steve, how are you this evening? I'm great. How I'm great. You? Thanks for being here. Appreciate all this, uh, all the great information you guys are putting out there. So, uh, yeah. Quick question: I just uh, broke down and did a soil test for the first time in five years. Kind of glad I did it because uh, I went off a lot of assumptions, and uh, it was probably the opposite of what I thought. So, um, my sulfur count is really low, along with my phosphorus. Uh, like I said, mm-hmm. I'm in Long Island, got like a sandy loam soil. And I was wondering, like, if you can kind of advise on the best course of action to kind of correct that. Is that something I could do just with, you know, choosing the right fertilizer application or, you know, things are going pretty well right now in May, cool season grass, anything I have to do immediately? Or is that something that? Uh... Okay. What's your, did, did the soil test indicate your pH? It did. I went with uh, Ryan's RX soil. Yep. And the, uh, yeah, the pH was pretty good. It was a six eight. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Well, All right. Ray, seems pretty straightforward then, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. the yeah. sulfur came back. Uh, it was uh, six parts per million. Wow. And they had a range of like twenty nine to thirty six. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Ah, uh, um, you know what I'm thinking for you is your next nitrogen application ideally should be in the form of ammonium sulfate. And as far as your phosphorus, here's what I would do is in the fall, during the fall fertilization round, that lawn would be getting an application of what we generically refer to as one one one, and then here's the thing about sulfur and phosphorus: grass normally can get by on fairly low levels of these nutrients, if, and this is a big if. If we are talking about normal ornamental turf where the clippings are not constantly collected. So if this is just a lawn or a turf area receiving normal care, these numbers don't alarm me. My position changes if this is on a lawn area that's frequently mowed and the clippings are always collected. Mm. 
Is that yeah, the key? That's, that's yeah. That's uh, that's what it is. They are always collected, never turned back. Okay. Okay. Then, so then you know what? Here's here's what I would do is I would actually sub out an application of one 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 right now for the spring fertilization. I get that one 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 right now. <laughs> Okay, what do you mean by one one one? And I'm sorry, uh, but no, you're fine. Oh, no. question. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What one 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 refers to is that is the ratio of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium in a bag of fertilizer, and everybody knows that is either ten ten ten, thirteen thirteen thirteen. Correct. Okay. 16, yeah. 16, 16, 16, 19, 19, 19. And the reason why you've never heard of this is because nobody thinks of 111 as a turf grass fertilizer. It is always some kind of wackadoodle, high nitrogen, no phosphorus, and just enough potassium to be a tease analysis and that works only in situations where you have adequate phosphorus adequate potassium and nobody's collecting the clippings but if somebody is collecting the clippings you gotta put back whatever gets hauled away every week or else your grass is going to go on what I lovingly describe as the supermodel diet. <laughs> and and Ryan is cringing because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because you see, the supermodel diet, yeah, plus uh, X-lax and Ipecac after. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> That's the total truth. So, but... The whole point is, is that if you're in a situation where clippings are being collected, you're going to have to replace nutrients a lot more aggressively. That's just the, the reality of it. <laughs> so, let, 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 so to kind of get down to your level here, Steve, on your lawn and how to approach this, how big is your lawn, like in terms of area, square mm -hmm. footage? Uh, it's just a little over 5,000 square feet. Okay, a little over five thousand, mm -hmm. and then it sounds like you, you said you're bagging clippings, everything like that on a on a regular basis. That's right. Correct. Okay, and then you know from a, a you know applying fertilizers things like that. Where are you typically buying stuff from? You know, just I, I you know you're not trying to pry or anything like that. No, but no, just not at understand, all. Like what you're no, no, what you're no, comfortable been, with going to buy. I mean, so I've been listening to you guys for quite a while. Uh, mm -hmm. Really, just trying to step up my game. I had a kid um, a little over a year and a half ago, and kind of let the lawn go. I didn't have time to really uh, push it too much, and now I want to get back in the game a little bit. And uh, between, like I said, Ryan, mm -hmm. <clears throat> Pete from GS GCI, and you know, that's kind of who I go to for any kind of information. So I try to support you know these people as the best I can. I actually bought a bag of the protein fertilizer online. Um, it's got ammonium sulfate in it and some other things in there, and I got a pretty good response from that. 
Um, but it was, I'm just, I was just curious because like I said, until you actually do a soil test, you really, you're assuming a lot of things and, mm-hmm. you know, overall to me, what I saw, it looked pretty good. It just, you know, the, the sulfur kind of, uh, you know, that low, I didn't know if that was something to be so concerned about. And I always thought on Long Island, phosphorus is typically, uh, high. So to see it being low, I just didn't know if I needed to correct it or if I could just, you know, as I apply my fertilizer throughout the year, you know, and adding some phosphorus back, I should be good to go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Uh, Oh, go ahead. I was going to suggest a couple of things, but you go first, Ray. Okay. The, again, the most important thing to remember is that if you are constantly collecting clippings, then the normal rules don't apply to you anymore. And I am, how long has this lawn been maintained in this way? How long? Um, I'd say about a part of, uh, I did a renovation about four years ago um, mm-hmm. and switched over to more of a uh, turf type tall fescue, a uh, little bit of bluegrass mm-hmm. and, you know, touch mm-hmm. a rye. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's all right with you, I have another question after that, but <laughs> that's You're another good. story. And it's, it's been maintained pretty well, you know, it gets a, gets a touch of, uh, you know, fungus like most in the summertime, a uh, little heat stress, it's irrigated, but again, you know, uh, sometimes we can get real humid weather on Long Island, uh, in New York and, you know, get sticky out for, you know, couple weeks at a time and kind of an uphill battle that bounces pretty uh, bounces back pretty well in the fall and uh you know i go from there it's not a golf course lawn but you know i take pride in it and i do the best i can okay well you know my like the reason why i'm asking is i'm trying to ascertain the level of past nutrient depletion and potential for future nutrient depletion you see, that's my question. Whenever somebody gives me their phosphorus or their sulfur or their potassium level, is I then want to know what are my chances of that number going lower under their current maintenance program. And okay. so if, and you see, the other thing that we normally look at is of course the soil test results you know for as far back as possible over the years but then if you don't have it then that's okay we can go by what you got and suggest things to do according to what we have in front of us right now as far as information goes and that is where Again, readily available products include 111, and overall, I'm going to be the first to say I'm normally not a fan of fertilizers called turf fertilizers. I'm not. Really? Yeah, I'm not, Ryan. Don't get mixed up in labels, Ray. It's a dangerous. No, <laughs> I'm not. And, and, and the reason why I. I'm not is because a lot of times your turf fertilizers 
suppose or assume three things. Number one, already adequate phosphorus, already adequate potassium, already adequate sulfur, and the last one is clippings not collected. Those are the mm. suppositions, you know, whereas if we're dealing with a, a low nutrient situation and clippings collected, oops, I guess our uh, suppositions don't apply here. <laughs> oh, well, maybe, maybe a little bit. But, maybe, um, yeah, yeah. So wait, where is this is the wrong one here. Mm -hmm. Trying to find a couple of good products here to recommend and, and, and try to get something that's a little bit more ubiquitous or easy to access things like that so um mm -hmm. in terms of you know uh what i think and i cannot find the label for this one starter fertilizer that i think is pretty easy to find but i'll look for it here in just a bit uh so okay my my initial thoughts are you know the sulfur being low uh in your ph being where it's at I, it doesn't it doesn't concern me from a ph standpoint of you know, uh, you're not going to apply elemental sulfur to correct that. I don't think that's a, a necessary thing. I think from no, don't, using, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just from using, uh, you know, so the derivatives, right? The raw materials that make up these fertilizers, right? They can come mm -hmm. in different forms. So, for instance, like uh, nitrogen, for example. You know, two main forms that you'll see out there if you look at, you know, okay, what's the fertilizer derived from? One is going to be urea, and one is going to be ammonium sulfate, right? And they're both nitrogen sources, right? One has 46% nitrogen in it. That's urea. One has 21% nitrogen in it. That's ammonium sulfate. The benefit for you, right, in a situation where you're low sulfur and you're not really worried about pH or an optimal level, you're probably never going to break that, so to speak, of, you know, in terms of going too high, too low, or anything like that. You're, you're fine. So I would try to gravitate towards, you know, fertilizers that have sulfate forms of, uh, you know, uh, of nutrients, right? And the, the two big ones beside, or the one other big one besides ammonium sulfate on nitrogen side would be potassium sulfate, right? And I don't know where your potassium numbers are, if that's a, if that's a big thing. You can look at it two different ways, right? So if, if um, you want to apply some potassium, I'm going to give you three different products here that you can look into and try. And I'm not trying to like pimp one or the other. They're all kind of pretty easy to find no, no. and get everything yeah. like that so all right so number one here is you, you know phosphorus like, like what ray said what was your phosphorus number again uh, I, i'm sorry i couldn't remember that's okay it was uh 16 parts per million and my potassium is at 92 parts per million okay okay so not hateful ray don't worry man it's gonna be fine all right <laughs> we can fix this dude we can fix it <laughs> Um, and then from a management standpoint, while I'm getting ready to pull up these fertilizers, is there, um, is there any time that you feel like, you know, I don't know your neighborhood, your, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, is there any time where it would be acceptable to not, uh, bag your clippings or is it just sort of like, you know, it looks better. The lawn's really thick or it's wet when you mow or something like that. I mean, is there any time, even if it's just like, oh, I could let it go in the fall or you know, in, you know, a certain part of spring, whatever, is there anything like that that you're able to do in that sense or no? No, I could, I could definitely do it. It's just always like uh, one of those things where it gets ahead of me a little bit and it oh, kind of okay. gets messy. Ah, uh, okay. 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 You know, it's probably an excuse okay, more okay. than anything. 
no, no, no. Yeah, okay, that, so, so that, that's we'll all right. One, we'll give you the 101, 202 then, you know, the, the, the basic stuff and then where you can kind of reach for in the future to help out with some of these things, okay? All right, so hear me out. So product number one, let me see here. Let me send this over to JPink so he can throw this up on Josh's screen. Okay, so go ahead and throw that one up, JPink. Pretty easy to find. Uh, just you know, starter fertilizer. You can go to a you can go uh to a turf supply house and get it like a site one or something like that. If you just want to go down to Home Depot, right. they should have this stuff. Pick it up, right? And I'm, what I'm going to say here: this is the five thousand square foot bag, thirty six bucks. It's not a hateful price. It's not terrible. If you want to be easy no, and this, get it, just go for that. But Amazon yeah, will this ship is not a, these to your door for like seventy bucks. You know, so and this um, is not actually a horrible product either because this also contains some sulfur as well but what i know of this product is that this is the thing that'll jump your phosphorus numbers up pretty fast Mm -hmm. this will get get your numbers up pretty fast so and it's easy to get (laughs) it's easy to get so i i would say if you did an application of this in the spring and an application of this in the fall right that can be mm-hmm. your so your single spring fertilizer app, and don't worry about you know the whole oh you can't fertilize in spring just you're gonna be fine right you're trying to correct some deficiencies you'll be okay with this you'll yeah. you'll be fine so you know spring and fall let's just call it you know like right about now let's call it like early to mid May and then mm-hmm. uh you know probably like mid September okay mm-hmm. the other points during the year you got a couple of choices um. So let me throw this one up here, JPink. I think that this here could be your maintenance product. Okay, this is from <laughs> Ryan, and 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 the, here's the reason I say this, and everybody's gonna be like, "Man, you just do a podcast, or Ryan, you just try to pimp this stuff." Maybe I am Ron Henry. Okay, but whatever. All right, so. <laughs> go down sorry inside baseball sorry steve i don't mean to put you in the middle of this but if you go down and show the derivatives here so what this stuff is made of and steve this is the point i want to make here if you go down yeah so this is the, the um nitrogen derivative here is ammonium sulfate so you're going to get some benefit of adding sulfur to the soil get that sulfur number up the other part too if you'll notice sulfate of potash which is also potassium sulfate uh you'll you'll um you'll get the benefit there of, again, adding additional sulfur. Sulfur is one of those macronutrients that a lot of people mis- uh, misconstrue in terms of whether that number is high, low, and what that really means. And it definitely has uh, very, very uh, huge implications in terms of plant health and also a lot of the physiological processes that take place. Ray's talked about it uh, in a number of different instances about why sulfur is important in plants. So it's not something that you mm-hmm. should neglect, and especially without a pH issue, I would green light you on this. Now, that being said, something like this, I could see maybe doing, uh, you know, maybe a couple apps, you know, from, uh, you know, one maybe in the middle of summer, you know, and again, you're trying to correct deficiencies, keep the lawn moving, everything like that, not go crazy with this. You don't need to put down, you know, like five bags over your entire lawn, something like that. But Yeah, this you know, stuff... This stuff is business now because (laughs) here's the thing about a lot of these lawn supply products. Uh, Fun fact for everyone. 
uh, I happen to know what's in it and why, because Matt has uh, asked me in detail, hey, Ray, what do you think should go in the bag? And I said, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> well, so, so and it's good stuff. It's good stuff, and that's the only yeah, reason that I'm yeah. recommending it is that the derivatives are right exactly what you need. Like, there's nothing lost, yeah, there's exactly nothing gained, right? Like, it's exactly what mm-hmm. you need. So I can see using mm-hmm. that as a maintenance application. Let's just call it, you know, half of a pound of actual nitrogen per thousand square feet. So, you know, that product, I can't remember what that bag size is. J-Pink, help me out while I'm doing math real quick, if you don't mind. It's a 45-pound bag, and... Okay. So, 45 divided by 3.84. So, yeah, so that bag's going to cover your lawn twice basically, Steve. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. you know, it's going to be two uh, apps. I, I get a ba- two apps. Yep. So I so you got two apps there. You got two apps from your start your Scott starter and then the last couple mm-hmm. apps at the end of the year uh where, you know, there's really not as much benefit of applying that potassium necessarily. Uh, I would go with nitrogen only and that ammonium sulfate product that I talked about. This might be a little bit harder to get your hands on, um, but if you need some help, uh, reach out to us. Th- send us an email, mail at thegrassfactor.tv, and we'll try to hook you up out there in Long Island. I know a couple of uh, golf suppliers out there that should probably have it. and You might have to drive a little ways and get it, but um, and there might be some that can get shipped to your door too. But that, again, is you know pushing nitrogen, which you want to do, you know, especially in the fall time with cool season grass. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not adding additional cost because you don't need any of the other stuff really at that point. You're really just worried about nitrogen and you're also getting the benefit of that sulfate of bringing that sulfur number up. So I would run a program very similar to that. Let's call it, you know, um, six applications in total, right? Probably about a half a pound of that nitrogen in each, each individual application. And I didn't run the numbers on the starter for it, but it'll probably end up close to that uh, at the bag rate. So you've got two applications of the Scott's starter. You've got two applications of the Green Or G, and then uh, mm-hmm. two applications of your ammonium wow. sulfate. And I'm going to tell you what, that lawn is going to be banging, Steve. And the last <laughs> thing I would say is yeah. this. So that's all, that's all the, 10, the, the 101 stuff, right? Not to confuse this with 111. I'm talking about college, you know, when you go back to school and, you know, if you're like me and Matt, you got to take like the 0050. You can't even get into 101. You know, we're just a dumb box of rocks, bunch of turf majors, right? Um, sorry, Matt. No, I was going to say that's uh, I'm incredibly accurate. Uh, I, I feel I feel two math classes and organic chemistry class, and somehow I made it this far in life. Go figure. Um, so um, in the 202 section, I would say this, Steve. Something to strive for next year would be continue that program because I think you could probably do this for at least a couple of years uh, and then probably sample, you know, maybe the winter of 24 and kind of see where you're at. There's no need to sample again next year. Just, you know, get on this trajectory and head the right direction. It'll be good there. But as far as the the clipping issue, it's something you might look into next year is start researching plant growth regulators, right? So that you are able to return those clippings without the need to always bag. And I'm not saying that you need to do this always and forever and never you know, don't ever bag again, but like, you know, if there's times where, you know, you're going to be playing with the kids and, you know, as, as that, as that uh, kid of yours starts to grow up, you'll find that your time dwindles even more and more in the lawn. But, uh, if you can, you know, use those maybe in like the spring and the fall time when the grass is growing a little bit faster, those are also good times to return those clippings and get that phosphorus back in there. And I think you're going to realize some real benefits there of, you know, helping improve the performance of the grass, not having those, you know, 
uh, those mess issues, right, and cleaning up after the fact. And if you continue on that whole path, everything is going to get better because you're going to return that phosphorus back to the soil and not need as much of that fertilizer. Maybe back off and, and switch over to, you know, maybe the ammonium sulfate or the green energy exclusively and get out of the starter fertilizer business in year three and you're off and running. So those are my challenges to you, good sir. Try that fertilizer program out with that soil test. Give it a couple of years and start researching some P, uh, plant growth regulators and uh, see if you can take full advantage of that to help out your uh, your phosphorus issues and go forth. Thanks so much. I appreciate, you know, all what the What was your other question? You had, you had another you question. You had another question. It's unbelievable. About, it really is. You had another about grass seed, didn't you, or something like that? I, I did. I didn't want to take up too much time. No, but, um, no, no, I, no. Listen, I, listen, I'm going to say this very well, politely. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to pretend like I'm from Long Island, but fuck all these other people. What's your question? <laughs> uh, I wanted to do another renovation, obviously not this year. Um, it's going to be a little bit tight, but possibly next year in the fall. And I was okay. really trying to prepare on, uh, turning everything over to a, a bluegrass lawn. Um, right now Ooh. it's a mix of all three. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people do like, uh, is a term like monostam, just one cultivar, one. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Would you, re- would you recommend that? Or do you always recommend mixing a couple different elite cultivars together? Is there a benefit? Is there a drawback? Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll chime in on this, you know, Ray, Ray is the unfortunate, uh, bastard that grows warm season where you have to grow a monostand pretty much all the time. He never gets to have fun and, you know, have grass mm-hmm. orgies and stuff like we do in the cool season country. Careful. You know, <laughs> I can't say orgy. Or grass. No, I'm I'm just saying that you're saying he didn't get to have fun. Bermuda's a shit ton more fun than Oh, it is. Grass. It is. It, it is. Like uh, no, I don't no, know. I, I, I love Bermuda. I mean, that's like my favorite thing because Bermuda can be kept at a tenth of an inch. I'll say this, okay. Air. Let me let, let, let me offer you my my uh, 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 deviant mind uh, analog here, and that is that uh, you know Bermuda is the woman that doesn't know the word the meaning of the word no, ever except in the wintertime. And uh, cool season is basically like a wild college orgy at all times. You never know who's going to be in there, what's going to be happening. And you might find some things after the fact you didn't even know were there and happening. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so to answer your question more pointedly, Steve, and with a little bit more uh, uh, <laughs> tact, uh, doing a motto stand can work. Uh, I don't think it's a... It, it, the, the, the drawback you have there is that if you have a problem, right, um, that it's going to affect more of the lawn and you're not going to be able to hide it quite as well, right? That's the, the, the best way to put it in a simple term, right? And what we also find, too, is that from a blend standpoint, so there's uh, two ways that we classify grass seed, right? We have blends, which are all the same species in the same bag, right? And then we have mixtures, which are which we have right now, right? You have a, a mixture of uh, tall fescue, bluegrass, and perennial ryegrass, okay? So the blends specifically, right, when we, when we have the same species in the bag, usually what they'll select for, what most uh, seed growers will select for is, you know, different traits that sort of play off one another. So let's just say you have like three Kentucky bluegrass cultivars in the bag. One might be really, really good at uh, drought resistance, right? Or drought tolerance. One might be really, really good 
at root mass and root density and root depth, right? And the other one might be really, really good at disease resistance, right? So you kind of have all these things sort of playing together where when one's weaker, one can be stronger. And sometimes, well, they all take a shit at the same time. It's, it's really, really fun. But, um, you know, with a mono stand, you can select and, and with a custom mix, you can select, you know, very, very uh, specific traits and specific, you know, characteristics and expressions of characteristics that you want to see. It doesn't always work out, though, because the other thing that you have to manage for is not, you know, those expression of characteristics and genes and all that kind of stuff, but also different textures, different colors, right? Different growth habits, right? So, uh, for instance, I've seen people do like a, a, a mix of midnight is a very popular cultivar, right, of Kentucky bluegrass. Very, very deep, rich, dark blue, green color in the middle of summer. And I see them mix it with different uh, types of, of Kentucky bluegrass that are super aggressive, right? big sod formers, things like that. So what ends up happening is, uh, one, they get, they, they get loaded up with thatch because they get over-fertilized, and that, those sod formers will do that, right? They're meant to be harvested and pulled out of the ground in a certain period. And midnight right. looks banging from, like, late May all the way through, like, end of October. But after the end of October until late May, it looks like damn near dormant Bermuda. It looks like dog shit. So you have this, like, all these little uh-huh. green specks and all this, like, yellow tan colored bluegrass that's just dormant as shit and so that's where i get i i always caution people playing mad scientist sometimes isn't the best thing so there's some really good commercially available blends i tell you to look into um a few of them that you want if you want to start researching it right and start there with the blends so uh, a couple good ones so um hd sports 2.0 which is from landmark seed company a very very strong brand four different cultivars in there and they all sort of have a purpose of why they're there uh another good one would be 365 ss from mountain view seed company three different uh cultivars in there and again all sort of have a a, a distinct purpose of why they're in there and then the last one is barenberg hgt and that one is an interesting one because there's three cultivars in there one is like the star of the show it's called barvet uh that's the cultivar it's an absolute monster of a cultivar it's a, it's it's a great grass for a lot of different reasons aggressiveness disease traits all that kind of stuff but what they do uh it's a little bit different is they put two different cultivars and it changes sometimes year to year based on their seed availability things like that so as you go down right. that rabbit hole you'll learn you know how different uh, uh seed growers view that that space right of you know do we want to have one star and just like whoever the whoever the opener is for the you know the the headliner who gives a shit don't, or don't do barren bird yeah. I'll, t- yeah. Dude, right. I'll tell I, you what I'll, t- I've I'll, seen, I'll tell you what i've seen a lot of the hgt around here and it just when it's green it's green but the problem is is that when it's not green it is it is centipede green right and it <laughs> it's, it just is Yikes. now that could be a function of also my climate here right it gets hot and it's and typically most other uh kentucky bluegrasses are going to check out but i mean it's just this I don't know. It it, uh, it it reminds me. You you know Jesse Bousquet's lawn. Uh, uh, he's got, yeah, he's he's got raw. He's got RPR. Yeah, yeah the the, the RPR. It's RPR. It, RPR. But it has it yeah. has that similar yellow jacket yellow to it. You know, and uh, and there's there's no rectifying it once it sets in. And I and I and again, I do think it's a, a function of temperature. So I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm a little bit too far south to be growing Kentucky bluegrass to begin with, but. <laughs> Just keep that in the back of your mind that when it gets hot, it turns centipede green, which is not yeah. green. Uh, that's, that's, Has anybody so, yeah, had any would... experience with New Glade? 
No. Oh, New Glade? I mean, New Glade's been around for a while. I don't know what uh, iteration they're on of that. It's uh, <laughs> it's a Jacqueline product, which Jacqueline's now owned by uh, Baron Brug, actually. So uh, you would <laughs> never... It's going to be yellow. No, if it's, it's Baron not. Berg, it's it's going to be yellow. It's not because it was a Jacqueline product. Jacqueline had some really, really strong bluegrasses that were not very well known um, that turned up in a lot of places, a lot of golf courses, a lot of like uh, sod farm production. Uh, they were they they were really good for a long time. They still have good varieties, too. So uh, New Glade's a fine variety. I don't know that I would select it for t- in particular um, right. as a singular cultivar. One thing you could do, you know, if you wanted to, is, you know, do some research. Have you ever heard of a, 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 a website called NTEP, N-T-E-P? Yeah, I've been on there, and oh, okay. uh, you can go down the rabbit hole on that. Oh, yeah, and, and it's all, you know, it's all quantitative, right? So it's all, you know, just numbers and metrics and things like that, but there is a huge qualitative part, right, that you don't get to see color and texture and everything like that. You just get to see it rated by, you know, somebody who's standing there with a clipboard and, you know, doing plot ratings, which is probably some of the most uh, diminutive work that any uh, turfgrass grad student will ever do <laughs> is NTEP rating uh, for plot trials. So I would say this is, you know, go onto some of the, the seed sites. Seed Superstore is one. I don't know any other ones, but, you know, take a pick of uh, some, some different cultivars that you think are interesting and maybe just do a couple of spots, you know, in the back part of the lawn and grow a pound, you know, from seed and just see what it looks like. You know, do those evaluations of how long does it take to come up? What's it look like? I know that's a lot of work, but um, I think it might help you make a better selection, uh, make a better choice that you're ultimately happier with in the long term versus just, you know, betting on something and then, you know, spending all that political capital in the household to uh, tear out the front lawn again. Because, uh, yeah, I've done that before and it, it better work, you know, if you're doing it again. So anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, I, I appreciate the questions. Very, very thoughtful questions. And I'm, I hope we helped. I hope we were able to provide some value to you and, uh, yeah, you should call back in soon and let us know what you find on your seed research. Absolutely. And guys, thanks so much for everything. I really yeah. appreciate it. It was great chatting with you. Have a great night. Thanks for the call. All right. Take care, Steve. We'll see you. Take care, Good man. Look at Bye. There, there you go, Matt. Matt, what are you eating there? You got some Takis or something there? A cracker. A cracker. Are you describing what, what you're eating or what you are? You are what you eat. <laughs> Hello. I'm an ice Hello. cream sandwich. Hello. Hi. Hey, how are What's you? What's up? <laughs> What's up? Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared That's for that. Harsh. Oh my god. Is this what's going on? Is this baby? What's up? What are you what are you doing, man? <laughs> Waste. This is not BB. I'm sitting here oh. drinking beer, watching uh, three boobs on television. Oh, it's Paul. Oh, it's Paul. Three boobs. Paul. Oh, oh no, it's Paul. Paul. Paul Outlaw. Paul Outlaw. Paul's friend. Paul. Paul Outlaw. What are you doing? What are you doing, Paul? Oh, well, like I said, I'm sitting here watching three boobs on the television. <laughs> Wait, uh, oh, three. I was like, I was like, how do you get three? And then I'm looking at the no, 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 no. Like, You're oh, watch- there's three. No. It's not oh. three boobs on YouTube. <laughs> You're watching three U's on boobs. Two and a half, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably two and a half. half. Oh, know. thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks a <laughs> lot, <laughs> Paul. I'm, I'm, I'm Paul. calling you half, half a boob, Ray. 
<laughs> I know, I know. Like like I that, get uh, it. I know that I know that uh I know that Ray will know this. Matt will not have any clue, but Ray, I was just uh harkened back to the scene from Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger when they go into the bar mm-hmm. and the chick has three boobs. We gotta watch yeah. that scene. We'll we'll send Matt a link on like yeah. Pornhub. <laughs> What are you talking it's, about? It's 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 literally like one of the best like CGI <laughs> effects that's ever been created, and it happened like thirty five, almost thirty five years ago. I'll send you a link. It's fun. It's fun. Anyway, mm-hmm. Paul, what's going on down there, man? Is it heating up yet, or what? Uh th- this week is the first week we have had good enough to get warm season grass somewhat cracking. The fescue is. On fire, the best I've ever seen. The warm season grass is total trash. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're greened up Same up here. here on on our muta. It's not growing yet, but it's greened up. Got a chance. Ours mm-hmm. is greened Let's up see. so many times it shot. I mean, the ones that haven't. It's it's hard to explain to people, but like if uh, you haven't been spraying herbicides on it or or screwing with it. It, mm-hmm. And it's got some sun exposure. It's it's doing pretty good right now, but it's got some weeds in it. But the ones we got sprayed and they've greened up a couple times, we fertilized. They're just they're mm-hmm. just trash right now. They're stalled, <laughs> and zoysias okay. getting fungus in it. Uh, centipedes. Ah! The, the zoysia <laughs> had had greened up enough that I was going out hitting it with fertilizer, and then like the whole month. The whole last month, it just stalled. And yeah, it's, it's got like big, beautiful patches of fungus in it with a big smoke ring around them and stuff. Jeez, it, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. April April was such trash because we had the fall spring in March where you know we were hitting eighty and it was like, oh boy, here we go, it's wanging, it's go time, and then we're back down to thirties and fifties, thirties and fifties, thirties and fifties. Exactly, exactly, exactly. The nights got so cool, the warm season grass just stalled. <laughs> and uh, I mean, some of it had already greened up, and then it stalled, and it's it's fungus city, and some of it, and some it just it looks like total trash, and it's it's hard to explain to everybody. But maybe it's been pretty warm this week. Maybe we'll get bailed out. I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was something like we hit six hard freezes uh, after a period of decently warm weather. And, uh, and so, you know, it, 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 it'd be one thing if it was six frost, right. But you know, when you're, when you're dipping down to, you know, 27, 28 degrees at night, you, you, you know, you're no bueno. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Bad. I mean, that's it's what bad. I would chalk it up to. I mean, the, 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 the grass is pretty much shot as wide on its stored energy, greening up so many times and then it's crapping it. back out that, uh, it's going to be a while before it gets right again, especially like mm-hmm. something I had ryegrass on. I've gone and sprayed the ryegrass off of. It's just, mm. it's just orange <laughs> right now. It's going to be for a while. And you know what? This is why I always tell people in the spring, wait. Because that, yeah, I know that's that... been the word of the day. Because, yeah, because you see... If you think you're going to be early when it deals with turf grass, my experience has been is the only thing that's early and guaranteed on turf grass is early failure. 
Okay. <laughs> Early failure. And the weather is such that you basically have to wait until the weather has made up its mind and it's actually going to be spring and then summer because I know that at this time of the year, it kind of bounces back and forth. Is it still going to be winter? Is it still good? Is it going to go into spring? What's it going to do? And the people that are early, surprise, 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 as Gomer Pyle used to say. <laughs> and the, because I know for me, I'm thankful that my weather so far has cranked up straight to warm mm. because okay as of last month i already started cutlass oh, in wow. april i already Man. started my cutlass everybody's on stfu and that way i'm all set to give it a double dose in october <laughs> And Matt and Ryan are smiling. We had Bermuda grass firing <laughs> off in February here, and it, mm -hmm. it's it's crapped out at least four times already. And what uh, what do you what is your plan right now? Right, what, 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 what's your plan right now? Are you going to go hammer them with urea or ammonium nitrate or something? Um the uh, the 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 uh, Bermuda, I feel comfortable with uh, putting, you know, forty-six LO on it and and mm -hmm. rocking it out and seeing what happens. I think mm -hmm. we're we're turning the we're turning the corner now. I mean, I, I seeded some Bermuda today on three or four lawns. I've had people burning my phone up for two months wanting Bermuda seeded, and then the uh, guys I share my shop with, uh, they had cleared a lot. A couple lots and uh, power raked them and everything. Like, okay, they're ready to be seated. And I'm like, well, I, I guess they are. <laughs> and went and did it. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's 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 still a little chilly in the evenings here, but not. I mean, this this week I think it's it's going to go ahead and turn the corner. And and I mean, the seed will hang out till it's ready anyway. I guess it, it, you can't rush it. I mean, I'm just prepare, I'm preparing everybody that I've done this for already that, you know, I mean, we may be looking at a month before you see uh, any kind of grass popping out of the ground, but Jeez. do do, hmm. you do what you got to do sometimes. I mean, hell, I even seeded some fescue last week and cause, cause I had to, but I mean, Oh man, we'll, we'll go. Ooh. <laughs> what happens. I mean, that's the crazy thing. Like, I'm looking at the extended forecast here, and we're still going to be hitting 55 at night, uh, and we're we're chilling right at the low 80s, you know. Um, but days are yeah, getting longer. Not... That is for sure. That's that's the one one positive we got yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, my my personal yard is still pretty pretty orange, where I sprayed the ryegrass off of it, and then it's been <laughs> several weeks of just cool nights and. Nothing happening. That Bermuda's just not not ready. Not gonna go. What about your zoysias and centipedes? What are you gonna do with those? Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to spray them. I've, I've 
go on and spray some of them with fungicides already because like i said we already started fertilizing some of them because they were they were off to the races and the homeowners were saying well it's not quite good enough i'm like well let's go and let's fertilize them and then they just kind of stalled okay. and then they started getting fungus Paul? but uh Paul? we've been making rounds on some of those with fungicides you know i often get that request to push or green up zoysia and you know what my answer is every time I get that request? I'm sure it's really kind. Well, mine in the future is going to be, yeah, let's wait till it gets <laughs> And that's what no, I've been my, telling my, most my, folks. But, uh... No, my answer is absolutely freaking not. Because you will regret it later. And the regret will come in I'm the learning, form... I'm learning either, that. <laughs> the regret will come either in the form of disease or inexplicable decline and that inexplicable decline is also relevant to centipede as well am i right matt you over you push it over and it dies on you zoisha does the same thing it dies on you if you overdo it you, so you know that, that was always <laughs> the thing Here, here's the other thing paul were y'all green for the masters huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. I mean, some of them were. I mean, lots yeah. of warm season stuff. Like I said, start taking off in February, depending on its exposure to the sun, and if it is sprayed. I mean, some of the Bermuda was was off to the races in February. I mean, green as hell. Yeah, Dude and across that, the street from me, his yard was green as as shit in February. I would I would have gotten sucked into that too because at um. Uh, I remember during the Masters, we were out riding around, and I was there's a few zoysia yards around here, and I was looking at them on the on the dogwood trails, and I was like, man, those things look incredible, and uh, mm -hmm. and I I would have been in this same situation because you know we had we had a freeze after that, and I was like, God Almighty, man, that would have been just my luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I probably I have a fertilizer question. Maybe um, I can get blends of pretty much anything I want. Um, what would be a go-to blend for these zoysias, for example, and these struggling centipede yards? Um, if if you could get, I mean, and and my 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 possible my. My possibilities are pretty much limitless. I mean, so what would you go to on something like that? Okay, here's mine. Is provided you don't need pea, I would get a one-to-one -one blend based on AMS and potassium sulfate. Here's the thing about fertilizing centipede. Don't you ever spread myriad of potash on centipede grass. You will regret it. Don't. <laughs> and Usually for the centipedes, I get a, uh, uh, like a 15015 made with a, 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 the, 15, the first 15 is a split ammonium sulfate and XCU and sulfate you know and potash for the for the Pump? other 15 and uh, about 4% iron. Dump the SCU. 
or XCU, dump it. I don't even like mm-hmm. urea on Centipede. Okay? okay, I don't like urea either. I mean, it's all, all AMS, and of course, uh, this might be a little bit exotic, but for my uses, I do part potassium nitrate and part ammonium sulfate. But I don't think you can find a blender that'll deal in that. Yeah, because you've got the. Uh, I'll, I'll have. Uh, <laughs> nitrites nitrites uh, can go boom, and so a lot of times bulk storage <laughs> on that is uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. fit well into the insurance policy. Yeah, yeah, it don't fit in the insurance <laughs> policy even well, I'll put even the to have it in there to kind of stretch it out. I mean, I feel. I mean, I feel like. Because I mean, I don't, don't, I don't fertilize those jars, but maybe once or twice a year, and I hate to drop straight AMS on them, and they, you know they peter out. <laughs> here's the here's the thing about centipede in general is, I would even go so far as to say, no nitrogen on them. Period. None. Mm-hmm. Just give them, give, just give them their K to keep it from purpling and becoming deficient and forget about the nitrogen entirely just give it mostly sulfate of potash and call it good because i find that nitrogen on centipede becomes a double-edged sword where yeah you can make it greener but then that same lawn that you greened up is the lawn that falls flat on its face and you're going to have to reseed as a fescue lawn because it's dead so I kind of be careful about well, that, and then the, on the centipede is crazy here because the ones that are performing well, I just I leave them alone. I just knock the weeds know, off of them and leave them alone. But the ones and, that and are you know struggling a bit, it, I can't do a lot okay. to recover. Okay, and I'm going to tell you one more about when I try to go. I'm going to tell you one more about this about the centipede lawns that are struggling. It ain't a nutrient issue. You know what the actual issue is on those centipedes that are struggling. Nematodes. It's, it's more than likely in most cases it's shade. <laughs> no, but it's also nematodes. And the reason why I say that is because centipede doesn't need a lot of nutrients. I also find that centipede doesn't need a lot of sun either. But centipede is super susceptible to this nematode called the ring nematode. And Back in the old days, not an issue. But nowadays, with the change in the permitted insecticides, ring nematodes are now an issue and a potential problem. Haven't you been having issues with nematodes, Paul? In a few, and it was always sting nematodes that they came back and said that we were way over, over threshold on. And it was okay. it was generally in a centipede yard. Okay, I'm I'm going to give you a relatively accessible solution to that. That's not going to break the budget. Six ounces per thousand square foot of exteris. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ryan just got hard. Oh. <laughs> Ryan just got hard. Ryan just got uh, hard. I, actually, no. I mean, listen, it's been a long week. I'm a little dehydrated. My, you know, my foreskin wiggled a little bit, but that's about it. <laughs> but 
But here's the here's the thing about Zoisha or centipede in decline, and even Bermuda or Cetra pespalum in decline. Actually, for me, if I've ruled out water and basic nutrient issues, Paul, my next move on those lawns is six ounces per thousand of exteris. That's my next move every single time. Mm. And more often than not, that has prevented further turf loss and decline. I've never known of an instance where I apply the exteris and, whoops, looks like I stole somebody some sod. No, right. Let me let me ask you this: Is it the fluoperam or uh, the synergy between the trifluoxysulfuron and the fluoperam that offers the nematode control? It is the fluopyram. It is the fluopyram, absolutely. The and the reason why I say exteris is because per thousand square foot, that's a lot less expensive than. Paul going to his vendor and asking for a bottle of indemnify. Yeah. A lot less expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's going to hurt. But no, that's going to be, that's going to yeah. be damn well, I'm painful. looking at the moon right now and the lunar <laughs> surface of the moon right now, thinking about, uh-huh. uh, you know, some options that I have and have uh. maybe possibly have done in the past for the lunar surface. But, uh, okay. yeah, I'm smelling what yeah, you're putting down, and, and yeah, 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 yes, sir. we're already yes, sir, because you see, on that one. <laughs> yeah, because you see, as I said, whenever I'm dealing with these fussy zoysia lawns that never look right, they all go on exteris. That's just, like, first move for me. And... Every time I've done it, Paul, it has worked. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I've, I've had okay. some it's... success with that, with a similar concoction for sure. And uh, the ones that wanted to stay warm season, we bermuded <laughs> that didn't work mm-hmm. out that way. And the ones you that know... I felt like I could fescue, we fescued. Uh, centipede is just really difficult to deal with here and yes. crazy weather like we're having now has amplified oh, it's the that worst times 10 yeah, over yeah. the cup last few years and, and, and then you know and you know what trees everything else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know i just got back from this person where how's this one matt i was telling telling you how i have i work for a person right now where he had an El Torozoisha lawn that failed on him. It failed on him. I wasn't the one maintaining it, right? Guess what he resodded with? And he's happy as can be. Ah. Tohoma 31, Bermuda. Hmm. No. Bermuda. Now I'm hard. Yeah. No, Bermuda. <sighs> because you see, I tell people. Don't put zoysia. Don't use it. And here's why I tell people don't use it is because <laughs> zoysia works. 
if the following happens to that turf area, it is constantly rolled over, driven over, walked over, or otherwise compacted. That's one. And number two, at least once every year or two, that entire thing has to be burnt off in the winter. And when I say burnt off, I mean lit on fire to destroy all of the thatch and the trash. And if you can't do those things, don't have the dang grass in the first place. Don't have it. Uh, yeah. Someday the, na- <laughs> we the, have been uh, the, the zoysia lobby is going to come out for with most of the white-bladed right. zoysias down here. Um, the, the past you couple have... of years, I've had a few issues with them. And this year, um, I'm having more issues. The, uh, the thinner-bladed stuff will, will crap out in a minute <laughs> but uh, the 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 wide bladed the the old myers and the compadres and stuff like that have, have generally done very well down here and gotten super thick i mean you can't you can't, can't even mow them but uh the the little and actually the little fine paul, the little fine stuff blows up sometimes actually paul that is part of your problem is that those wide leaf zoishas Ain't being mowed low enough. That is the core of the problem. Oh, I totally get that, but I mean, I, that ain't my problem. I mean, yeah, they, that, that they, ain't your problem. There's but... not many real, real mowed yards down here, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you see, if that zoysia is high thatch or sick, then what I've seen out of it is drastically increased susceptibility to both large patch. And tissium drastically increased susceptibility now. And so, so for me, it's always been the new hybrid zoysias, you know, and it's the uh, mm-hmm. the palisades and the uh, the zeon. I just uh, zeon. In my okay. opinion, put put zeon and uh, centipede in a in a room together and hit it with a, a radioactive fallout because it's just it's it's horrific. Okay, you know, yeah, the, the Zeon, Zeon for me, it's hard to Actually, get to, right? <laughs> Zeon, Zeon Zoisha, you know that fine-bladed dark green Zoisha, Matt? What I find is its weakness is that Zeon Zoisha absolutely does not like water. It hates water. It hates everything. So, it it hates yeah, it hates yeah. the sunshine. It hates nighttime. It hates cold weather. It hates hot weather. It hates you. Yeah. However, <laughs> do you know do you know how I do you know how I tame Zeon Zoisha? You know how I tame that stuff? Huh. Minimal minimal irrigation, no fertilizer, cutless, and Ryan, cover your ears when I mow it. I set my groomer down to zero or else minus 0.1. Okay. I'm all right with that. that. You're okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace to your mower. That sounds actually like a bad time just from a... No, actually, here's the thing is that fortunately for me, I have a Toro, so it can deal. Mm. (laughs) It can deal with that. It's all right. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, the the Meyer I've always had great luck with. I mean, it's just so seldom of an issue on on Meyer. I've had some weird things out of transition before, especially when we have real real cold winters. Uh, especially when we have snow. Like uh, if we if we have a, a snow, when I say snow, a lot of times when we have like what I call a bad snow, it's actually an ice storm. You know, where where it may mm-hmm. only be like an inch or two right. of, of snow that actually falls, but you'll get sheeting of ice, and you know maybe a quarter inch. A sheet of ice on those years man when it, everything greens up you 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 just you cross your fingers and you just pray for the best but um you know i'd say you know we had temperatures get down into into single digits and even below zero a wind chill this winter right and uh and you know when you're when your grass sees it every five years and uh and then you know sprinkle in uh, a little a little rainfall before and after just to make sure it's good and really uh, uh, pissed off at you. You know it's kind of what you get. It just it goes weird. And then and then right after that, spring into eighty degrees and turn fully green, and then and then go fully dormant again. I mean it just yeah exactly that's <laughs> that's the problem. That's what I've been trying to explain to everybody that uh, it's just it's just not a good consistent. UT put out a little uh, uh, delayed green up um, little printout thing. If you want to carry that with you, or do, has NC State done one too? Um, I think they put they, out an alert that the weather fucking sucks and you know, <laughs> get used to it and be patient. And I mean, that's pretty much what I was telling them beforehand. I didn't give them give them the fucking part, but you know, <laughs> why not? I, I'd I'd probably go ahead and give it. I'd write it at the top. Yeah, Print the UT idea. one, write it at the top, yeah. and then well, hand I, that to everyone when they start asking you questions. Actually, yeah. uh, this I mean, year I, I don't I don't have a lot of people complaining. <laughs> a lot of the <clears throat> a lot of the issues are where you you've sprayed something and it. Oh. everything's just kind of stalled and it's not doing anything. And they're like, you killed my grass. <laughs> I'm like, nah, it'll just wait. <laughs> and just the, wait, yeah, yeah. they're not getting that yet. It's, especially when you yeah. hit it with a little 2,4-D or something, you know, right, right dead nuts in the middle of that transition. It it loves it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, Monument or Katana and oh, yeah, Metal yeah, yeah. Furon. Ouch. You know? Yeah, I loves mean, it. Loves it. It's just, you know. Maybe some atrazine. You know, Who knows? In a few months, atrazine. everybody will be like, "God damn, I want to quit mowing." Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't and then worry. the fescue will be blowing up. So. <laughs> you know. Yep. 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 <laughs> Happy spring to you. That sounds like a real bad time. It's yeah. these years that I do not miss <laughs> at all. People ask me, "Man, you miss spraying yards?" I'm like, "I, I miss a segment of uh, of springtime that uh, where everything is perfect in the world, but." This kind of springtime, not everything is perfect in the world. No, I don't miss it one bit. Good luck to you. Well, well, yeah, usually about right now, you've got everything coming into line. It looks good, and everybody's happy, and you you you, you feel like maybe that you weren't that loser that uh, your dad said you'd be if you had your name on your shirt when you had a job. <laughs> you know? But uh, uh, the, the, the fescue is amazing. I'll give it that. <laughs> Makes you want to convert everything to fescue. Talk, talk to me <laughs> next month, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. have we'll have that talk next month. Yeah. All right, boys. I appreciate you having me on. I'll yeah. Have you a good night, Paul. Oh.
Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Yeah. All there right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the after show. Are you ready to go to the after wow. show? Uh, I'm ready for the after show. If you don't know what the after show is, that's where we go. We hang out. It's a little more personal. It's a little more private. And uh, you can check it out. Patreon.com forward slash burn and return. We are not robbing you for a ton of money to do that. It's uh, it's cheaper than an airport beer. Uh, and it's about it's about the going price for a beer at a bar. So uh, if you would uh, uh, like to uh, 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 have a if you if you want it, you can drink it by all means. Um <laughs> Yeah, where I was going to go with that was not appropriate. I felt like we were on the crest was, of the hill, and I, didn't I was, was when when you said when you said that I was just going to be like, just don't choke on the bottle, right? And uh, <laughs> I was going to keep it to myself, but I decided to go ahead and let the joke slip. Anyway, anyway, more jokes like that happen on the after show too. Uh, it's adult humor. If you're not into that kind of thing, do, no harm, no foul. You're not going to bother us. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, if you if you are okay with that and you want us to, uh, it's like a Joe knows turf segment, um, but a much deeper dive. So patreon.com forward slash burn and return, and uh, we'll see you over there. Otherwise, um, Sunday we'll have our live recording for what? No, actually, no, we won't. That's Mother's Day. We're not going to be. We we probably haven't talked about this. We we got to do. We did, we gotta, but we just did. We just did. Yeah, uh, Sunday uh, was I not going to call that a meeting. Boom. Yeah. Done. Uh, meeting yeah, done. Meeting. So yep. we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Otherwise, we'll see you all next Thursday. Have a good one. Bye.